Hello, Kristen here. Before we get into this episode, I wanted to tell you that the antidote is a thing that's happening. It's a series of monthly gatherings that will help you return to your body and your being over and over again in the face of, you know, 2024, election insanity, climate change, global wars, your own personal stuff, other stuff. It's crazy out there. And it's easy to abandon yourself and freak out. The antidote is for bringing you home to yourself so that you can be safe in your being even when the world outside of you feels objectively unsafe. And because everybody's marketing at you and there's no reason for you to believe me, you can head to jointheantidote.com to grab a free recording of the first session that happened this week so you can feel it instead of thinking about it to see if it's a good match for you. That is jointheantidote.com. Scroll all the way down and you will see a place to pop your email address in and grab the recording. Hello and welcome to the inaugural Taboo Time. I am Kristen Kelp and I'm here with Rachel Clifton. Hello. Hello. (laughs) And we wanted to start Taboo Time with loneliness, which is like a fucking terrible place to start, but also the place where I feel like it's easiest to meet you in your heart of hearts to be like, um, I've very rarely encountered women who own businesses who do not feel deeply, deeply, deeply lonely at some level. And that ability to talk about how lonely it is uh, because capitalism makes it so how lonely it is because if you're talented, you're not allowed to own that you're talented. How lonely it is because you have a shitty or unsupportive partner. That often makes it the loneliest. Um, how lonely it is because you always perceive that everyone else is further ahead. So you never just want to quite admit where you are in the scheme of things. And how lonely it is to be really wildly talented in a world that kind of demands you to be average most of the time (laughs) how lonely it is to be um energetically sensitive as well and possibly the most lonely is to have feelings and run a business because that's unprofessional um so there's lots of ground here for saying wildly uncomfortable things and for just talking about the thing that is at the center of so much of women's behavior in business is this like you are floating all alone as a cell of capitalism (laughs) unconnected to other cells of capitalism trying to do your very best and even when you hit financial success it doesn't necessarily make you less lonely So from that space, that's our opening salvo for taboo time. There it is. <laughs> Rachel, what do you think? 
you have a specific question for me about loneliness. I definitely, I definitely hear and feel what you're saying. Um, yeah, it deeply touched me and resonated with me. And it's a big topic. There's so many different directions. Oh, I'm always going for you. Have you experienced loneliness or are you without this feature? <laughs> Have I experienced loneliness? In the context of um, of running a business. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes, 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 deeply so. Um yeah 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 um it's been mm, a wild a wild deep profound beautiful heart opening heart wrenching yeah heart wrenching <laughs> initiation oh. yeah mm. I think it's so rare so rare in practice for women to unapologetically choose themselves. And even rarer for that to occur within the context of their work in a way that really lights them up and is of service to them first, not other people. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. the system is designed to keep your power plugged into someone else or something else. And the system is designed to keep you within it. So if you try to exit lonely capitalist system, the way that I see most women do it is via going along with a different system that claims to be better rather than trusting the freedom of just being outside of a system. I mean, you can't be outside of capitalism. But you can be outside of, um, you can exist outside of social media. You can exist Mm. outside of what everyone else says you should do. You can exist outside of shitty networking groups that are built on falsehoods and bullshit and pretending that we have things in common because we share vaginas. But ultimately, it's just MLM talking to MLM. And there's a loneliness in calling out MLM. like, But it's there. And it's true. Um, 
so I'm wondering, like, is there a loneliness just inherent to the whole thing? Or is the loneliness by design so that you just step back into the system and try to Tony Robbins yourself harder? So this is where I probably have a slightly different perspective to some or many because my personal experience of the system is that in practice I was kind of exiled from it from a very young age so none of the rules apply (laughs) and and (laughs) and that's true Mm -hmm. that is unequivocally true in many dimensions if I were if I were to then expand on my life and the directions it's taken me in and yeah I suspect that's also qualitatively different from someone who feels safe and comfortable within the known of ways of being that are also constricting them. Which, for me, in practice, I don't want to say was never the case, but, like, hasn't been the case since I was probably about... period between eight and 12 years old so (laughs) so ballpark 15 15 years ago (laughs) but there's a loneliness there there's a huge loneliness there there's a huge loneliness there's the alienation yeah 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 okay there's the alienation of being different absolutely absolutely and there's the pain of being misunderstood and there's the grief there's the deep grief of of wanting not even wanting to fit in it's wanting to create something with people who exist within more conventional (laughs) systems and wanting to and endeavoring to and taking steps to create bridges to allow you to connect to allow you to create something together and then being unmet 
or flat out rejected. That's hard. It is. And then the good girl conditioning kicks in with that's because the problem is you. That's a hundred percent of the answer of the conditioning is the problem is you fix yourself. And it's good to sit with you in the space of um, actually the problem is the system and go fuck yourself system. Um, there's a tremendous amount of heartbreak that I see in women when they find a community that they think will work, but it ultimately betrays them. Yes, yes, yes. And the most dangerous part of that might be the part that just shuts down and says, fuck it, I'll do it by myself. Like, I won't try anymore to find people who are like me and who will grow with me. So this topic is really personally significant for me because last year for me was really deeply a tale of two halves, a tale of, well, huge expansion, huge expansion, huge learnings, huge growth, huge metamorphosis. And discovery and also the most crushing lows the deepest losses and the most painful of betrayals actually and I think the one thing we don't speak about enough is the ways in which our professional relationships can mirror or reflect (laughs) our intimate ones. And our deepest desires and yearnings and struggles also within partnerships and I think again it's a tale of two halves because on the one hand there's a level of cultural understanding around love and loss and heartbreak when it occurs within romantic context that mean that people sort of understand Mm -hmm. why or how you might be sad or lost or lonely or struggling when that kind of relationship ends. Absolutely. But the same is not quite true for work. Or rather, I'm going to suggest... It's so, so, so powerful 
to share your feelings, to own your feelings, and then to express them. And express them in a way that is grounded in you and solid and unshakable. Like, I love you. Or, I loved you. And you help me. And I don't know how we can reconcile it. And I want us to. But I can't do this alone. I want you to meet me. And I can't do it myself. And I think that modern women often shoulder everything. Mm. Like, we have it all. but we can't feel and enjoy and like appreciate anything. There's something missing or lacking or wrong. It's just, it's, it's too much, but it's on us and it's our fault. And in a relational context, in both work and romantic or intimate contexts. It's very easy to be the one who is doing the bulk of the emotional labor <laughs> as it relates to navigating uncomfortable conversations, managing people's feelings and responses, taking care of others, and it can be, maybe it is, it just is, soul destroy to realize and reconcile yourself with the extent to which you have been overcompensating mm -hmm. for the lack of what you want and need ultimately and also the fact that no matter what you do no matter how good at it you are it is not enough. It is not going to be enough because you as you are not what you need. You need somebody else like you to carry you and shoulder some of the burden. 
and support you. You need you to support you. Mm-hmm. But you need it not to be just you. Yeah, and yeah. there's so much self-care that we can do that's amazing. Mm. There's so much love that we can pour on ourselves. And we are interdependent creatures. We need other people. We are needy. And rejecting, denying, Mm. or disowning your feelings, all your feelings, any of your feelings, in all their multifaceted, nuanced, wretched glory, is also rejecting, denying, and disowning your power. And here's the good girl smush. To be professional is to have no feelings. The more you can operate like a robot or an automaton within capitalism, generally the more rewarded you will be because you're just a good worker and you have good work ethics and like, well done you. And you're deadening the thing that makes you you in the process. So by becoming more professional, heavy air quotes on professional, you somehow become less of yourself and you, um, in many women, they become lonely for themselves for their own sense of what do I want? What do I need? What do I feel? And why do I want to burn my business to the ground with the fire of a thousand suns? Why do I hate it so much? Um, I think it's because when you make it in the image of being professional, you have to cut off so much of your intuitive knowing, your, your parts of you that want to collaborate, the parts of you that have boundaries, the parts of you that are pissed off because that guy's a doucher and actually I don't want to give that guy my money or I don't want to accept money from that person those things are not okay to say or do in the context of being completely and utterly professional um, and being like LinkedIn's number one star right it's just not allowed you can't be like yo everything is shit I hate everything about capitalism I want this system to burn and also buy my shit it's a hard line to walk And also it's a revolutionary line to walk to say, look, we don't have a better system. If I could, if I could operate outside of capitalism, I would, but I can't, but I can choose to kill those parts of capitalism that are not just currency. And one of them is if I kill my feelings, if I am a good girl, if I feel nothing, which is the goal, just feel nothing, then that will get me further ahead. And that may work for a very brief period of time, perhaps a few months, perhaps a few years. But at the end of that road, you're going to be lonelier and further from yourself than ever before. And there's a pain there as well. So the loneliness might come from you've stepped outside of good girl and you're trying to step further out. And so you you lose access to people that are within the system. And if you do it right, the good girl will also lose herself within the system because she's not allowed to have feelings or desires. It's lonely either way. So I choose this way where at least I get to have my feelings and other rad humans to travel with rather than 
the loneliness of abandoning myself and hoping everything goes okay. And I see women struggling with those two sort of nodes on the spectrum all the time. How do you feel about your own loneliness now? I think it can be a sign of health, actually, that you are willing to, in sort of Brene Brownie language, um, that you're willing to brave the wilderness to make a thing that's never been made before, like we're doing, um, to say things that other people don't necessarily articulate or agree with. And... um a lot of my work is is born of the loneliness of wanting other people to travel with me this path of being alive and also operating within capitalism it's really it's really not a joke it's really difficult and um when you find fellow travelers you treasure them like you're a traveler and i treasure you um because it's really exhausting to be the person out front and you don't necessarily have to you can just all be in a ship together doing a thing and um yeah I would say the loneliest I ever felt was when I was the best when I was the goodest girl when I beat myself up about but you have a place to live and you have a husband and you have a dog and you have a business. So why are you so unhappy? When in fact, my feelings were, my actual feelings were, get the fuck out of this marriage. This is terrible. I hate everything about this. Make it stop. But I denied that. And I threw myself into work and I was super amazing at work during that period. Because if you hate your marriage, you can hop into work for 12 hours a day, no problem. What's easier than abandoning abandoning yourself to work? Um, so that's a bit of a ramble, but perhaps your loneliness is a sign of health because um, I feel more connected to myself than ever than ever, and I keep meeting people who are connected to themselves first and everyone else second. And for me, that's really important that they aren't pawns in a larger system first that they are themselves first. And I think that's a big unspoken goal of the innermost is to get, if you can just be on your own side, if you can be on team you first and everyone else second, if it isn't your client's needs come first or your kid's needs come first or your partner's needs come first, if it's your needs come first, then we're breaking a really old spell and we have a chance of doing some wildly amazing things within capitalism. But if we're going to be stuck being professional, it's going to go so poorly because I show up with my mask and you show up with your mask and then we exchange pleasantries and I try and sell you essential oils. That's pretty much it. Like I have my MLM and then I try and get you into my MLM and I try and commodify that relationship. And what we're trying to do is make a place for expansive relationship to be the default and for telling the truth about experience to be the default.
What does systemic change mean to you? For me, systemic change, I have tried so deeply to be a person who gives a fuck about the system and changing it from within. And that's just not who I am. I'm the one who's out there making making things that no one's ever seen before, going like, well, what about this? What about this? What about this? Like, I think the answer to systemic change is fuck the systems. Let's try something new. Let's learn from this new. And then perhaps there'll be something that we can incorporate back into the system. But I am deeply committed to coming at my life from a place of creation, not a place of production and reproduction. And that is really isolating and really lonely, which brings us back to our beginning point. Um, but it's work that I find deeply meaningful. How about you? What does systemic change mean to you, Rachel? For me, it's about seeing and honoring the interconnectedness of all things and making choices that align with what I want to see more of in the world. And also And this is more of a controversial idea, potentially. But I found it to be very invigorating and life-giving and transformative. It's the idea that nothing is wrong and if I can ground in that for long enough I have found that the most magical things happen and life unfolds in a way that is more perfect than I would have ever imagined or could ever have independently orchestrated. Mm. And 
for me, it's about getting out of the idea that there is something to fight for or against. I've been a big fighter in my life. Mm -hmm. I've fought a lot. I'm no stranger to that life. And it's a really, really useful skill. It's a really valuable set of experiences. And it only takes you so far, at least in my experience. Like, when you are fighting for or against something, you can't see or feel that you have it. That experience isn't available to you. So in some ways, you are cut off from something that's already there and real, that wants to be perceived and known and nurtured by. Ah, like the, the fighting and the striving and the strategizing can blind you to the having and the holding having to the having and the holding yeah and enjoying yeah fighting is lonely too even if you have a thousand warriors behind you fighting is a lonely place it's lonely it's exhausting victory is short-lived it comes from a place of fear ultimately Mm-hmm. And even when it's driven by desire, there's effort where there doesn't need to be effort. It is misplaced. It is a loss of energy. What else could that energy be useful? Yeah, if you're like if you're if your business didn't feel like combat, if marketing didn't feel like yelling into the abyss, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, what happens if we can put all of that down and make something new? And these are just questions because that's much scarier than just buying another program and trying that one out before it inevitably fails because it's a system that's fighting for and against something. Um, I want to gently guide us to a place of stoppage, but I want to be aware of that. We have in no way, we have in no way solved loneliness, Rachel Clifton. (laughs) Are you sure about that? You haven't fixed it. <laughs> I don't know about that. I really don't know about that. I feel like we've given you the balm of it's everyone, which can be really, really helpful. I don't think loneliness needs to be solved. I do. I think it's okay. Maybe this is where we disagree ideologically. 
but oh, this is adorable. Exactly. This is adorable. Um, I think That's loneliness it. might be part of it, might just be part of the package. But those places where we can make each other less lonely by just saying me too, I'm really interested in those places. But sometimes that's all that's required is to just stop beating the shit out of yourself, thinking that it's you, that you're wrong, that you're bad, that if you just performed it differently, you would be less lonely. If you were smarter, if you were taller, if you were shorter, if you were, I don't know, skinnier, if your nose was better, if your butt was more lifted, whatever you think is the magic quality that will make you less lonely. Um, I think there's something to the fact that it is inherently lonely to be an actual creator in a world that is meant for shut the fuck up, submit, comply, conform. Because what is loneliness? It's just being cut off. It's being cut off from yourself and the love that you are. So the innermost is <laughs> a collective attempt to stop this from happening. From, um, being cut off from yourself might be the hardest part of being alive. And I think that's where the, the, the place that we are both coming from is like, we are both deeply connected to ourselves. <laughs> from there... Um, and the, the mayhem that that creates, what if you can show up in a place where people are willing to risk saying, I want something different. I want to do this differently. Mm, I want to make things with you. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see how life unfolds. Yeah. And some shit's definitely going to go wrong in that process, (sighs) but I value it far more than what we would make if we were just reproducing something someone else already made. That in that space of big, beautiful, messy human creation, something new can emerge. And maybe we'll find the cure for loneliness. Maybe we won't. (laughs) But at the very least, we can make a space where people are deeply connected to themselves and each other for a period of time. And I can give you proof of concept that that's a thing. That's a hundred percent guarantee from the bottom of my soul. It's not a problem. It's the easiest thing in the world for me is to promise you that in the place of your deepest loneliness, A, I can meet you and I've been there. B, Rachel can meet you and she's been there. And then <laughs> there's no requirement to stay there. And we're allowed to make something completely new something that just confounds and confuses people because it's so beautiful and it shouldn't be possible. And it is, and we're doing it. The antidotes to loneliness. Prong number one is self-love, self-trust, self-connection. Prong number two is community. And belonging and we're doing our level best to give you both of those at once that's the innermost that's that's what we're doing and we went way over our 20 minutes because we were going to do 20 minutes but fuck the timelines 
This has been the very first Taboo Time, and we will see you again shortly. Thank you for listening. One more time, The Antidote is a series of monthly gatherings to help you come back to your body, your being, and your breath when it's most likely that you'll self-abandon. The Antidote is the antidote to trying to do everything all alone, all by yourself, while you grow more stressed and you're generally freaking out and telling everyone you're fine while quietly or not so quietly scream sobbing in a private place between tasks. Let's not do that. Let's try something different. This is a really simple format. One gathering a month on the first Tuesday of the month until the 2024 election. So we're practicing the skills that we will need in November now. And we're getting really comfortable with body, breath, and being now. And that's available to you at jointheantidote.com. There's a free recording. You can sign up. You can get more details. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy.